On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Amy right here with Diddy TV, and we are so excited to have Melody in the studio today from Front Country yes. Band. It was awesome. Your sound is just incredible. You guys uh, formed in San Francisco, is that right? Yeah, we did. We started at kind of an informal monthly bluegrass jam, just as the people that happened to be invited to that jam, and it was kind of clear from the get-go that it was something special. And so it's just kind of organically sort of flowed from there, and uh, yeah, we've just been sort of saying yes and letting it happen, and then more and more things happen, and we decided to go to Telluride and enter the band competition. And so we did that. We ended up winning. And so that was like a really big step toward becoming like a professional band and realizing that maybe we should really go for it and really turn a tour nationally. And I started a website the very next day. (laughs) And it was the Telluride uh, Bluegrass Festival, right? Yep. I didn't realize they actually have a competition. They do. As part of that. So I'm sure a lot of people would be interested in that. But what was that like? Uh, What was the competition part? of the festival like? So nerve-wracking. <laughs> I don't recommend doing contests <laughs> unless you uh, are a glutton for punishment. But, uh, but it launched a, you guys. It is. It's a prestigious contest. We knew that Green Sky Bluegrass had won it before. The Dixie Chicks had won it. So it really had quite a history. Um, and, yeah, so we just went out there. We wanted to go to Telluride already because we heard it was the most beautiful place in the world and an amazing festival lineup. Um, so we got to enjoy the festival and... You know, the icing on the cake was winning the competition. So you guys are sort of in the bluegrass genre, but you have your own take on it uh, from a technical perspective. And maybe being in San Francisco, um, you have a little bit of a different sound. How would you describe that? Yeah, we sort of just come to bluegrass from our own way. You know, we all started out learning how to play it and learning how to play those instruments, mandolins, banjos. In college? Know, earlier? Or when was that? Kind of after college, we all ended up in San Francisco. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I had moved away up to far northern California, Humboldt County, um, and then I came back to the Bay, and that's where I met these guys. And, um, yeah, we, we started out more bluegrassy than we are now, uh, but we've sort of just been trying to, with the same instruments, find our own way and our own sound and hopefully try to do something that we've never heard before. And we listen to a lot of music, so we're just trying to find our own little way with this combination of people and instruments. So you're from San Francisco, and y'all are moving to Nashville. Yeah. And uh, are you there already? Or? Yes, we are. Okay. We've actually been there for a little over a year. Oh, great. And we just love it. It's, it's great. It's now a new hometown. Yes, it is our new hometown. And it feels like home, too, because so many of our friends have been living there already, and we had, like, a lot of loving arms to sort of embrace us when we came to town. It's just, it felt really natural. A little bit of hospitality. Totally. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I love that. People are definitely more just kind of kind and polite in the South than on the coast and the cities, you know. Like, yeah, it's cool. You go into a store and people smile at you and they call you darling. Well, it's kind of sweet. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, music sort of is, it levels things out, too. I always find that you move to any town, but especially one like Nashville where, mm-hmm. or Memphis, that has so many musicians that they're, they want to welcome you in, and you immediately have a family of people to sort of collaborate with and hang out with and really learn probably a lot more creativity. 
Oh yeah, it's incredibly inspiring being around all of our peers, really, all our friends that that play music that we just love. Um, so every time we go see them play in town, we're just like inspired to go home and write more and practice more, and and we have time to do that too because Nashville is a little bit cheaper than the Bay Area, you know. Ever so slightly. Ever so <laughs> slightly, it's like yeah, it's less than half the cost of living out there. So, so that really does free up some leisure time or if you will just work we just work in our leisure time but it luckily music is fun and it keeps you young so so you now have your second album out yeah it's your sophomore album Mm -hmm. which is which is big uh and um from what i read that it's your first album where most of the songs um were written by the band a lot of them were written by you and then you had a couple of covers but um how how is that process different from the first album Yeah, the first album was very organic because this band was kind of an accidental band. Um, And then the second record, we really had to prove something, you know, prove that we're sticking around for a reason. And um, so, yeah, the the first one was sort of random. It was just the songs that we had been playing, you know, and there were a lot of cover songs. We did a a song by Kate Wolf. We did a Bob Dylan sort of outtake song that we rearranged. we did a sort of traditional gospel song that we got from Larry Sparks, but it's sort of a traditional spiritual, um, all kinds of influences. And this next one, we wanted to really make our own original stamp. So it has a lot more of my original songs. It has eight songs that I wrote, has two instrumentals that were written by Roscoe on the mandolin. And yeah, it's we're pretty other proud love of it. songs, right? Other love, other songs? love songs. Yeah. Is the name of the album. Yeah. And tell me about uh, other love songs. So what does that really mean? Well, it's, it ended up that the collection of songs that the band chose, I sort of sent out like a, a big list of songs I'd been working on to the band and everybody sort of voted on them. And uh, the ones that we came up with were like 10 relationship emotional songs. Um, and I was like, wow, okay, that's the direction this is going. And so we did those songs and, and when we looked at the collection of what got recorded and ended up on the record, it was very much about relationships and sort of about real world, you know, uh, ways of thinking about relationships, you know, adult things, thinking about commitment and what that really means. And just if something breaks, we'll fix it on the road. You know, it's just a choice. Yeah. So other love songs, what was the experience like in the studio or how do you guys work together? So you write a song and does everyone just jump in and they come up with their own part or is there a little more direction than that? You know, sometimes there's direction, sometimes it's very open. Kind of depends. Like, sometimes I can be really bossy and opinionated as a songwriter. And I'm like, oh, no, it's got to have, like, this exact bass line because it just, you know, counterpoints the melody exactly. And then sometimes I'm like, man, I got the chords, I got the melody, I got the lyrics. Everything else is up for grabs. And, uh, and we just sort of wing it from there. Um, we're very heavy on arrangements. So we like to just get creative and every single verse or chorus, we're doing something just a little bit different, you know, and trying to keep the audience from getting bored, but keep ourselves from getting bored too, you know. Where did you record it? We recorded actually our first and second album in Oakland, California, at a place called 25th Street Studios. And we just loved it the first time. So we decided to go back there. Um, did you have we, a producer or did you produce we did. it yourselves? Yeah, we, on our first and second record, we sort of just had a friend produce it, um, you know, musician friend, accomplished musician friend, but our first record was produced by Kai Welch, who's a singer-songwriter, 
uh, pianist. He, he's out with Casey Musgraves right now playing piano. Um, we and love Casey. Yes, she's amazing. So uh, he's just a pro guy and really knows songs and music. And so he produced our first record. And then our second record was produced by Wes Corbett, who is a virtuosic banjo player who uh, used to be in the band Joy Kill Sorrow out of Boston. So he's kind of a Boston, Berkeley College of Music banjo nerd. Um, and yeah, he really helped us bring this record to the next level and make sure that the acoustic tones were really good too. So what is next? So you, you've, you've gone from, you sort of make your debut, now you, you've proven that you're sticking around and your music is incredible, by the way. It Thank was such you. a treat, such a treat Thank to you. have you in the studio today. Um, where do, what do you see yourself next? Where's the band headed? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, what does the third album mean? Yeah. I don't know. You know, we, uh, we're really focusing this year. We're not going to record until early 19, until early next year. So we're really focusing on our live show right now and trying to make it more and more exciting. And, you know, we're doing this cover song series called The Kitchen Covers where we're just forcing ourselves to learn, you know, cover songs and play them in a kitchen just for a fun video series idea on our social media. And, um, yeah, just working on, on the live energy thing and, how do you and connect, writing new songs. How do you connect with your fans? when you're, Say you're on the road. Is it more social media oriented or is it um, how do you connect with your fans and stay yeah, in touch? Social media is probably the biggest way that we stay in touch. We're all kind of like millennials. So social media, uh, it's just as good as in real life, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, we, we're out there on the road playing every night. So we're absolutely meeting everybody who wants to meet us after the show. And it's so great to just meet fans and hear what songs mean to people um, and just feel that energy. We're obviously thankful for every single person that comes out to a show. You know, we're still new in a lot of places around the country. So it, every single person that comes makes a difference. And if you bring a friend, it makes a difference. Well, I have one last question. Where did the name Front Country come from? Yeah, Front Country came from our fiddle player, Leif Karlstrom. He, uh, he got it, I think, from a firefighting term, but it's also kind of like a backpacking, hiking term. It just sort of means like the wilderness areas that are closer to cities, you know, your trailheads and things. Um, and since we play sort of rural music, but from the city, we're from San Francisco, it's kind of like, as opposed to backcountry, Front Country. That's great. Welcome to the South. We love what you're doing, and hopefully you'll come back and see us again. We wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. 
from assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.